welcome to Life Pairings, where two Canadian alcohol connoisseurs mix life events and libations. Hello, I'm Carla Richards. And I'm Brittany Lyson. And, and this, this is, is Life, life Pairing. <laughs> <laughs> because life is hard. So pair with alcohol. The crowds, then sweating in your jacket, your hands struggling to hold the bags, then ending with you trying to remember where you parked your car, as today's life pairing is holiday shopping with moose milk. We're discussing beavers, gentlemen's adventures, and window displays. Woo! <laughs> it's going to be a fun one. <laughs> I know. I love beavers. I like it. Yeah, I like the, the very Canadian, the beaver. Yes. Yes. Depending on what angle you're coming at it from. Have you done your Christmas shopping this year? Yes, I have done my Christmas. For our weird Christmas? For our 2020 dumpster fire Christmas. Um, (laughs) (laughs) It's like, you can be with your family. Not, just kidding. No, you can. If you don't want to, you don't have to. And then you do. But (laughs) like every now. And you can't shop. And also we can't deliver any packages. So. Yeah. So just. (laughs) Just cancel it. I feel like. I honestly like kind of was waiting for the mayor of Whoville to come out and just be like, Christmas is canceled (laughs) this year. And I was honestly going to be like, Christ on a Christmas cross but i know it honestly it's uh i have done my christmas shopping i did it a little early um oh, with the thought that i was kind of like okay i don't know what's happening anymore mm-hmm. like i don't know if we're going to be allowed in shopping malls but this is alberta so <laughs> of course you can they're gonna let you go into the shopping centers yeah. we decided the rule is you can't gather unless you're spending money and then you can gather <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Or if it's in a restaurant, then you can't. Anywhere that you might have a little bit of fun. Well, they canceled restaurants now. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So no restaurants. No restaurants. You have fun in restaurants. You do spend money, but you have yeah, just you have fun. <laughs> spend it the way the Lord intended with a grimace on your mug. Yeah. Um, yeah, so I did it already, and I kind of went... You know what I did? I went on Black Friday, and with... Oh. By accident. <laughs> Like, I almost did that too, because when you don't work, you're like, huh? Yeah, okay. I don't know. I just went and then I got there and I was like, well, it's like, you know, moderately busy. It wasn't really that busy because I didn't go to like the crazy mall. I went to to this the right. one the south south center. I did it and I went there and it was like uh I got half off of everything. Honestly. Nice. Sort of coincidentally, like I was like, Oh geez, I wonder what all these black oh, it's Black Friday. And then I thought, oh, shit. <laughs> Like, this is so irresponsible. I would have never come out on Black Friday during, like, right. you know, during the pr- pandemic had I thought about it. But it really wasn't that busy. And I kind of got, I shopped for my mom. We draw names now. So we used oh, to get nice. for everybody, but now we just draw a name and you spend a little bit more on that one person. Yeah. So I probably got her twice the amount of uh, shit I would have normally been able to get her because I just sort of happenstanced on, uh, on uh, Black Friday. <laughs> nice yeah. that's amazing have you got all your christmas shopping done no um christmas is very confusing at the moment anyways it was always going to be weird because we're moving to calgary from vancouver on uh, december 31st <laughs> so we're not going home for christmas which is what we normally do back to calgary for christmas we're going after so my family's planning on doing christmas after and then we're doing rather than picking names from a hat which would have seemed like a good which seems like a better idea yeah. we're doing like some kind of three people versus one person 
gift giving thing. It's all very complicated and I don't really understand. <laughs> but um, I did go to the mall on Saturday night. I tried to go like later. Yeah. It's still very busy. Um, I still like going to the mall. Like I said, I, I grew up being in the mall. Yeah. Um, you worked at the stores, right? Yeah. I think they're almost all closed down now. Um, <laughs> what stores did you work at? Oh, my goodness. I think I started at uh, uh, Orange Julius. So not retail, but, you know, supporting nice. the retail. Uh, then I worked at something like A&E Cotton or something. Oh, I know what it is. It's like... What's it? Yeah, it's two initials and then cotton. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and then I worked at Hallmark. No, you so did work at Hallmark. Christmas. Yeah. Uh, and then I worked at Garage. So I've experienced all the different levels of... Uh, <laughs> forms of retail but i have to say like sorry go ahead sorry um i have to say like my favorite time actually because of growing up through that always working christmas eve i actually love christmas eve at the mall yeah it's so quiet there's just chill 90 percent dudes (laughs) wandering around and you run into people and it's like you know if you do that on like two days before christmas people are like oh my god like so nice to see you but i gotta go to christmas eve you're fucked so it doesn't matter (laughs) like if you come out of there with something you're like yeah that's great you're like good job okay good yeah Um, yeah i love that i love the idea of just dudes being like i don't know what to get them it's like you haven't given this any thought until now (laughs) my uncle tradition as his own tradition does all his shopping on christmas eve I think my dad used to do the same thing. It's like his favorite thing to do. Like, I don't know what yeah. it is. Like, I think it's, I think it's cause like, you know what, by Christmas Eve, things are kind of starting to get marked down. There's no, yeah. there's a lot of people not in the mall anymore. No, it's a very, like I said, it's, it's very quiet. Um, yeah, it's very chill. Like, the, and nobody's trying to thrust a thousand things on you and there's not like, you know. It's kind of the calm after pressure. the storm, isn't it? Like, exactly. of yeah. everybody being like, yeah. and it's right before, like boxing day is going to happen. Yeah. So it's kind of this chill. And you're out of the house while your wife or whomever yes. is cooking and freaking the fuck out oh and cleaning the house. And... Do you know what's so funny? I understand that. It's like the beginning of the holiday season. And I'm I'm recognizing this from like listening back to our episodes, even at the beginning of December when I'm like, yeah, even like last week where we're talking about, oh, I'm getting my little tree up. I'm so pumped. I've got all my little lights going. And like now, like the anxiety starts to set in. Mm-hmm. And even as we're talking about this and Christmas shopping, I'm just like, oh, yeah, I forgot that you also get mad at Christmas. <laughs> I know it's kind of that like living in a little it's like living in a Hallmark movie yeah. of like your little bubble and then suddenly that bubble smashes to bits and somehow now you're in a horror movie. Oh, yeah you're kind of like it's this is the apex of like the like the the crooks of the movie where you're like ah, I'm so mad and then you have to like and then up. it's like a complicated family drama oh yeah for a little while actually and no. then just drunken comedy at the end. It is- this is you hit all the genres 100 percent. this is when like husbands and wives are fighting over like mm-hmm. we're going to your mom's and then my mom actually you know but oh. now with coronavirus i mean it is yeah it, it it has complicated for some and simplified for others i think yeah uh, the christmas experience because honestly i bet if you've got a couple of kids and they're young and it's yeah. you, you and your husband or whatever the case may be and you you normally would have to go to your mom's house, your dad's house. Let's say somebody's divorced along the way. It's like, yeah, 
you spend the whole time like just trying to get somewhere. I know my brother yeah. lives in a different city, so typically he has to come three hours. He said there's always a snowstorm, and right, like this is kind of like you know it uh, for some people. I bet they're a little relieved they don't have to do all the stuff. Yeah, it's. Funny because I've had a lot of Christmases because when I lived in the UK, I generally worked in jobs which they wouldn't let you take like enough time off at Christmas time to be able to come back to Canada. So um, I've had a lot of Christmases either like kind of alone or semi alone or like just non-traditional Christmases. But this year I'm like kind of excited because we've had like a lot of the traditional Christmases. Right. Um, And they're full days. You're right. Like you're traveling the whole time going to visit this grandma, grandpa, whatever, aunts, uncles, all this stuff. Um, and we've actually decided to take on the uh, Japanese tradition, what which is... is to order in KFC. I love that you're doing that. <laughs> I do. I think it's. I think it's wonderful. Like I, I like made yeah. mention of canceling Christmas to my family, and my mother just oh. drove, drove to my house and burned it down. She was, <laughs> <laughs> she was like, you know, I. I mean. It is very, like, it is so chaotic that I was just like, well, what if we just wait till after and we do a big Christmas when the cases go down and, you know, like, we're all just going to, you know, half-ass this and it's all going to be weird and different and, you know, we could just celebrate it on a different day and that did not fly. So Not okay. I'm sort of living vicariously through you that you're just... (laughs) I'm doing my own, having Christmas in January with me, hopefully where I can, you know. (laughs) see family members also KFC <laughs> to be enjoyed alone and near a toilet that's oh god yeah you don't want that in a that's crap. well you've brought it to a party before but that that's in small quantities it's fine you can bring um, yeah, you can have one piece of here's the problem this is also hmm. this is a Christmas tradition in my family my cousin Cody who I'm not sure if he listens or not if he does um thank you but I'm not hi Cody hi Cody <laughs> Every year he brings a bucket of chicken on Christmas Eve to my mom's house. And, yeah, you know, that's amazing. At first, everyone kind of gives him a look like, oh, you brought chicken to Christmas? And dude, it's the first thing to go. Everybody's working mm-hmm. so hard on everything. And it's everyone's favorite. It and is. So it's so good. One year he wasn't, uh, he couldn't make it. He was at uh, his in-laws. And my mom like told his father, you're now in charge of bringing the chicken. <laughs> Somebody's got to go get the chicken. <laughs> And yeah. it's literally like the best thing. So I, I did. I brought it uh, to me and Carla's, uh, our uh, friend of the pod. Our stampede party. <laughs> our that... stampede party, yeah. <laughs> I brought KFC. And, and I did the same thing. I was like, ah. Oh. And then I was like, oh. <laughs> So excited. It seems such a shitty thing to do. But you know what? Yeah. Actually, what it's people really don't good. realize is like a bucket of chicken is like $45. Also. Yeah, it's not cheap. No. It's not cheap. It's like Especially getting all those fixings. You yeah. get additional, like a like a pr- traditional. If you're gonna do traditional bucket, you know KFC, yeah. like family dinner thing, that's like fifty, sixty bucks. I mean, so I guess it's like probably Chinese food or yeah, curry. But uh, yeah, you don't think about it like that. No, well, you don't think about it like when you're like if you somebody asks you to bring an appetizer, you bring an appetizer to a party. You're usually spending about twenty bucks, you know. Yeah, yeah. If you make a dip or you pick up something or whatever. But like it, and then you buy. Then the person who brings chicken, they're like, "Oh, chicken bringer," and then you have one bite, and you're like, "Why have we never done this before?" No, and you know what? Even if if you can make it last to the next day, oh, it's even more good. So it's so good. And here's the thing about that coagulated gravy. <laughs> it, that that gravy would be good in three months. 
Oh yeah. Like there's it, nothing. There's no bacteria in there. There's it, nothing living. There's nothing, nothing living. In there. <laughs> that gravy is made of pure chemicals, and it's like oh. It is so good. So I hope you guys just do it right and just yeah. order a bucket to yourselves each <laughs> and just smash. Just die of a heart attack. 100% it? order a yeah, tub, yeah. tub of macaroni salad <laughs> and just spend an entire Christmas Eve screaming from one bathroom to the next bathroom. <laughs> that is what. That is exactly that's, what That's will love. Happen. That's Christmas love. That is love. <laughs> that is love. You know what? I, I'm envious of that. I'm. I, I, I'm, I'm. I'm. I'm excited that you have that in your in your um in your life that kind of loving relationship. Thank you. You're <laughs> <laughs> um. All right. Back to back to shopping. Back to shopping. Yeah. Um. Psychologically, I. So I. Okay. Just shopping in general. I'm really bad for shopping. I do have a shopping addiction. Um, I will vouch for this, but you want to know something? As a person that is typically on the receiving end of this addiction, I'm not going to make any complaints. Okay. Good, I'm good. I'm always like, Carla's like, a gift for you? And I should be like, Carla, what happened? But usually I'm like, yay! Yay! I'm like, well, I was sad and drunk one night, and I've ordered everyone I know. It's so it always, it always, it's always comes out well for our friend group because Carla always is like, I bought you all these things. I'm like, yay. Yeah. Kids. I just, it, I, I did read somewhere. It gives you dopamine. It hundred percent does it. It, right? it, it, um, it releases dopamine in your brain the same way that uh, gambling does. Really? Oh God. It does. And, and that's why it can be considered an addiction. So there is a lot of, there's a lot of studies behind um, like shopping addictions that, that compare it to, it's a thrill, right? It's, yeah, it's, it is. And it's like, it is a guaranteed reward. Whereas gambling is not always a guaranteed reward. Like you're, True. you know, where that's where the level of like excitement is like, I might win or I might not win. But shopping is like, oh my God, I can get all this stuff. And like, it's it's and it's no different than food like you know like right popping something in your mouth and immediately feeling that reward and yeah. that's why it it can become an addiction and it's very like it is immediately rewarding like even i yeah. notice myself on amazon which i'm trying to kind of stay away from because <laughs> i'm not sure of the moral <laughs> i know i think everybody's trying to do that but it's making it very hard it makes the... it make you want it more <laughs> yeah exactly but like even like it's cold in my room and i ordered a heating pad online the other day like last mm. night and i was like it's cold and i like clicked a button mm -hmm. and it's but that now they're saying that that clicking of the button is even closer to gambling really yeah yeah because you don't then you also because you don't get it right away no, and you but like going to a store where you're like, should I or shouldn't I? You have to get in a yeah. car, you have to get to the mall, you got to go to the place, you look at it, and then by the time you get there, you can kind of make like, you can be a little bit more logical and a little bit more reasonable. You can go, okay, wait a second, right. like, I do I really want to spend one hundred and seventy five dollars on a pair of shoes right now? Like, we do have all these bills, but for yeah. some reason, when you see that, you see the picture, you see the delivery date, you don't have to do anything. And it comes right out of your yep. account. You can do it. It's so quick and it's so rewarding so quickly. So, yeah. Interesting. Yeah. And also, it is kind of a risk because you don't know, especially with shoes, for yeah. example, you don't know what the, if they're going to fit. You don't know if they're going to look good. No. Yeah. That's interesting. I never thought about it as like its own little gamble. It is. And it's very like us craving 
uh, or rather being materialistic. Like the society is yeah. very materialistic. We, we want new all the time. So it kind of hits on a lot of different things in your brain that would cause a dopamine release, which as we know, right. when that dopamine is released, then you're now sort of addicted to that behavior. Right. So, but also that being said, you know, it used to be the in-store thing where they could market to you, but now right. it's online. Yeah. So they kind of have an even bigger grip on you, like times have changed and they can market specifically to you all the time. So right. given the algorithms on your phone and like literally speech patterns, because we know it is picking, our phones are picking up our speech patterns. Mm -hmm. it's, it's literally hearing buzzwords that you're saying constantly. So now you like mentioned a pair of shoes or like my phone's sitting right next to me right now. I bet you mm -hmm. winter boots or shoes will come up on my phone. <laughs> Because Mine already has that because I've been just Googling that all the time. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, like my porn now. I'm just like, new shoes. I can't buy them, but I'm just going to look at them. You're like telling people, you're like, it must be that crazy algorithm. It says, Carly, you actually, uh, you typed in. <laughs> Show me all Sorel the shoes. Sorrel Winter Boots. Yeah. yeah. 17 times. Dude, we were actually just looking at Sorrel Winter Boots. Sorrel's oh, are the best. Oh, I Especially know. Especially when you live in Calgary, you need, uh, you need a good winter boot. But I already yeah. have one, but I, you know. But, but what if I want another one? I don't know what, what this, this is a brain thing. That's a brain thing. <laughs> it's a brain thing. But yeah. so even before, even before like algorithms and before like the actual fit, like the physical shopping experience is um, the people who are in marketing uh, go, they talk to doctors, they talk to psychologists, they talk to people who are in this realm who know how the human brain works. And that's how they design things. They design it to specifically um, sell it to you. So I actually read an article here on the website is called Decoded Equals Science. And um, it mm -hmm. is the Holiday Shopping 101, how marketing psychology gets you to spend a little more. So I'll read you yeah. the article here. I'm going to take a sip of my moose milk first and take a little. All right. Breath. I'll have a little sip of my moose milk. It is awfully good. Um, so you got to um, get it from the teat directly. That's how we, we're doing it. Straight from the teat. The moose's teat. There's got a moose in here. I've oh. actually, I'm recording in my closet right now, so it's a bit of a tight fit because I'm moving and my office is now an echo, which I want to apologize last week. My sound was rough, rubbish because I, I moved all my stuff out of my office. So it's just an echoey, barren landscape. So now I'm just hanging out in the, the closet <laughs> with my moose. <laughs> Carla's in the closet going, I'm drinking moose milk. And her husband's like... <laughs> Should I call oh, your yeah. mother? Yeah. <laughs> COVID's hitting her hard. <laughs> the vid's hitting her. She's like, I'm at work. That's what I tell Chelsea. When I, I, I did say that today. I was like, I have to work at, at six today. Well, uh, while pouring this 19 ounce drink today, I went, I'm working. <laughs> I'm a working bee. We have um, the best job, guys. Sorry. Is, yeah, so please let us keep doing it. We love it. So. Um, <laughs> Sorry, you were <laughs> you were no, talking about marketing. I was talking about marketing, and I was going to read you an, ar an article verbatim because that's how I, instead of paring it down. All right, yeah, yeah. All right, so this is the article from the uh, Decoded Science, and they're talking about just like the the marketing aspect and the, the from a psychologist's point of view. According to Dave G, a marketing expert at Baltimore MD, Manipulating customers' holidays spending. Manipulating customers' holiday spending begins during the summer months. Wow. Hmm. 
we start with a list from the company of any of the products that they want to push from the season. Usually these are products that they have highest marked up between production costs and retail costs. We take it from the list and we begin working on the words to describe the product. We come up with a brainstorm of various buzzwords. Once we have a list that we can agree with, we test it with a focus group to find the words people believe to have the most impact. Once we know that these words or once we know these words, we turn them over to our writers. They begin to create a narrative using the buzzwords and we come up with the images. Oh my God, that's so psychotic. I didn't realize, I would have thought they would have taken like what was doing well, but it sounds like they're like, this is what costs more money. So can we, <laughs> this is what we need to say. I mean, yes, that makes more business sense, but I just didn't think about it that cynically, I guess. Neither did, nor did I. This is like, <laughs> I'm like, I, and I already read this this afternoon, but I like seeing it again. I'm just like, holy fuck. Um, if you ever see articles in our news stories about top toys of the holiday season, um, you see the result of Dave's work. It's his job to get particular mm. items labeled as a hot toy. This is done with advertising campaign and some subtle marketing with retailers. So Dave says, we make phone calls to the top publishers, tell them that the toys we're working on to promote, or tell them the toys we're working on to promote during the season. We find out what that would cost to get them on those lists, and then we pay it. Wow. We rarely get denied when the lists find out who is supporting the effort. <laughs> So was this like, well, okay, I guess this happens in a lot of things, but like, you know, I read magazines and is this like how you get on the magazine top 10 toy list or whatever is basically what they're saying. We just pay. Yeah. So yeah, they're basically paying to get on these lists. So the psychology of, <laughs> it's kind of sad, isn't it? Also, it's, it's sad that of... I didn't really think about it. And then I was just like, no, it's just journalists who specialize in toys and they go out and they play with all the toys and they do all the things. Nope. But you want to know something? I'm I'm sort of like glad that I don't think that way because I don't want to be that cynical about everything. No. I, I, I'm like, I'm not so dumb that I, I believe everything's just like this magical land of like fairy tales. But yeah. I don't, sometimes I don't want to know how the sausage is made. No, it's nice to not know. Yeah. It makes it <laughs> like, taste better and makes it so like, you don't want to throw up when you're eating sausage. It's fine. It's like... I had a sausage roll today from a gas station. I'm like, just don't tell me how it got there, how it was made. <laughs> and I'm saying that like it's my first time I've had that sausage roll. <laughs> I stop at the gas station every second day and have the sausage roll. It's so Well, good. at least you know uh, it's, it's safe and good for you. Well, you sure. know, it doesn't kill you. Yeah. <laughs> it doesn't kill you, it just makes you stronger. <laughs> so the, <laughs> the article goes on to say, the words... The use of words as motivators is nothing new. Marketing has been using words such as limited, new, improved, and free to entice buyers into marketing selection for years. These words conjure up an image in the minds of consumers getting an increased value for their money. So it's basically like anytime you see like limited time off or anything like that, right. like, you probably get it. The, the exact, you know, whatever. Yeah. Or they do the, the new thing is like there's only three left. Yeah, like online, they do that they online that. all yeah. the time. And then you log back in, they're like, only 15 left. And you're, <laughs> you're like, like God damn it. Words that are used particularly around, particularly around the holidays to generate sales include sale, limited edition, hot, collectible, shortage, delayed, must have, and Ooh. in demand. Delayed. I wonder what delayed is all about. Like, there's a delayed shipment. and Maybe, yeah. Or it's like. It's not coming in until. Yeah, it's so hot that we 
<laughs> the delay marketing it? I don't know. So, I don't uh, work we, in marketing, obviously. We work in drinking podcasts. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, the marketing executives use the science of um, psycholinguistics. Oh. To select these words. Um, psycholinguistics is a scientific specialty combining psychology with neurobiology to examine the components of language. Oh Researcher God, so studies. Cool. It is kind of neat, actually. <laughs> uh, Researchers study language development, usage, origins, and acquisition from biological and mental process. In marketing, these studies are applied to retail markets and, cons- and the consumers as a whole. So yeah, they're basically. I mean, they're going. They're they're doing a pretty deep dive on the old brainorama yeah. <laughs> to, to 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 put that into uh, <laughs> to make us spend money. Yeah. They're doing a lot of work. It's maybe it's fair that we give them our money. Yeah, I mean, they're really. <laughs> that's the thing is, like, you feel stupid when you've been tricked, but they're really yeah. like coming at it from like a pretty insane angle. Like, yeah. I mean, if you. you how much money and time would you have to spend to know these things about the human? Oh brain? God, you yeah, you know like psycholinguistics. Hmm. Well, and it's funny too because I always think of linguistics in terms of like anthropology, and so studying that's it's like you know studying the language of cultures and stuff. So I always forget that you could just do that to our own culture and then just use it as a weapon <laughs> to make yeah. the economy. And I'm like, oh right, yeah. Well, hundred percent. I mean, they're just following patterns in our brains and seeing what excites us, and yeah. and going back, like you know, to circle back to the beginning of the conversation, seeing what released that dopamine. Yes, you know, like really, like I mean, these words are all designed to get your brain to flare up, and then to get to like start that process of like, oh god, it's gonna run out. Oh god, I need it. Okay, hold on. Do I have enough money? Yeah. Well, it's only a one-time sale. I better get it. Oh man, it's hot. It's limited. My kids gonna love this. Like it's kind of playing on all. Uh, it's firing on all cylinders because it's playing on your emotions of, you know, attached to your family of getting a yeah. good gift and, and all these things. And it's really, uh, yeah, I mean, it's really kind of got you cornered. So the what funny think- thing is, oh, sorry. The, oh, no, the funny thing is that they talk about it, all these weapons being used against you online and, and certainly it's enhanced, but these aren't new things and these aren't new ways of, of trying to sell to you. They've just sort of um, mastered the science of it. Right. Right. Yeah. Um, yeah, and I think it gets complicated, too, by that feeling of, not guilt, but sort of wanting to, to give a really nice gift. And so yeah. when it says something like limited edition, you're like, okay, well, that's going to make that person feel even more special if I buy them that. Well, and that, and that, and that plays into sort of like the secondary part of the psychology of, of not just shopping, but gift giving as a whole. Mm. Like, it's actually like gift giving there part of it does make you feel good yeah but there is a lot of anxiety surrounding the whole oh, gift giving yeah. and not just giving but getting experience mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. because on both ends there's i mean it's there, it, there's so much attached to it it's it starts to be like well you know some people are like well i want to get somebody the right gift i don't want to get them the wrong thing you know right i don't want to insult it, them because i got them this thing and you know yeah they're gonna think of wrong way about it or well and that's the thing and they were saying actually um i was reading into it and of course of course they attack women <laughs> <laughs> no but uh, they were saying that actually buying women gifts is is far harder than buying men gifts yeah because would... 
we have we hold such sentimental value for things Mm -hmm. so it's it's easier to sort of be like here i got you these shoes and guys are like i love running (laughs) (laughs) exactly but girls are like but these are in the right color or the right size (laughs) and it comes down to like it's less about the gift and more like you don't even know me yeah i don't run i've never worn runners in my whole life what do you think i'm fat Mm -hmm. (laughs) (laughs) poor men yeah like poor guys they're just like oh my god and it comes down to like levels of relationship like what point in the relationship are you should you get them something more or less expensive if you get them something too sentimental are you more involved than they are are you like so it's kind of like there's all these different things and then also um it's not just within relationships and men and women it's also within families and stuff brothers Mm -hmm. and sisters Mm -hmm. it's like who cheaped out this year and who did and it's actually like in dysfunctional families gift giving or withholding can become a sort of power place right for for one one sibling or another um yeah it was like oh yeah like i definitely well especially if it's the siblings giving the gift to the parent that because and i'm sure i'm guilty for it i don't think my brother falls into that category but like i'm definitely like i'm the better child and he's like i just got her what she asked (laughs) (laughs) well and that's and then it comes down to like you know also being uh, with your you and your brother being male male female Mm, he's like i just got her what she asked because that's what she wanted i mean my brother literally has asked one time for like for christmas for a spatula (laughs) He's also Whoa. super cheap, and he does listen. Hey, Trevor. Uh, hey, buddy. <laughs> hey, you're a little cheap. And yeah, one time he just asked for a spatula. He may give me corrections. Sometimes he sends me long text messages of corrections corner uh, for this podcast, but I obviously don't <laughs> read them back out. Oh, I appreciate them. Thank uh. you, Trevor, for your, for your corrections. But you know what? Sometimes, too, like, you know, it's maybe that's he was like you know what i really do want the spatula and yeah i want it that would actually mean a lot to me if you just got me the thing that i asked for yeah exactly and i think like but from you know i don't know if it's from a female perspective or from somebody who is very sentimental i'm gonna be like but i want something that like i can keep forever and reminds me of that person and da da da. hey you have a spatula now you were you know you remember it every time you're doing eggs or <laughs> making dinner yeah 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 i mean honestly sometimes i wished i could be sort of as a simple like simple of a thinker as as you know like have that simple approach to thing that men do like i don't i don't like find it annoying i sometimes am envious of it you know like right yeah my brother picked his son's name and i was like why why that name and he was like i've just never met a matthew i didn't like Like it was the most, the simplest of, he's like, we don't have any Matthews in our family and I haven't met a Matthew I don't like. And I was so like, yeah, I was kind of, I kind of loved that because I was just like, you know what? Perfect. Yeah, (laughs) exactly. Yeah, like I kind of loved that he was being that simple about it. He was like, yeah, you know, so like in the gift giving and receiving department, when somebody's just like, I just want a spatula, I'm like, you know what? That's dynamite. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. I know. And I think we've too, like as females, I think we are much more marketed to within shopping as well, anyways. I think we make up we, the majority, way more than the majority of what who buys. One hundred percent. And so we have an expectation that we've been told since we were basically in the womb, like you should get jewelry, like things that mean things to you. Yeah. Don't ask for a pair of running shoes because you need running shoes. That you can't ask for that. 
I honestly, like, I stopped buying gifts like that a long time ago because I just am like, anytime I try to get people something that's so sentimental, yeah. it's like in my head. It's like right. the thing that yeah, I thought like, they like, would what? like. <laughs> like beyond all the uh, the uh, first world problems we're having yeah. here with gift giving. <laughs> Which, I mean, but uh, this is what we're talking about. So yeah, that's interesting. Very interesting. Yeah, so the um, there are five different kinds of gift givers, and I think okay. we've discussed all of them, but this is from Psychology Today, so I'll s- sort of try to breeze through these, okay. and I think it'll um, it'll uh, bring some joy to your heart, because uh, <laughs> there's something in our brains that just want to be like, yeah, you're that one, and I'm yes. this one. Yes. Okay, so there are five, there are five types of gift givers, kind of according to Psychology Today, and they say it's not really scientific, but it was just kind of a fun thing that mm-hmm. uh, one of the psychologists wrote for this. One of them is the uh, number one, the genuine gift giver. Right. Uh, this person genuinely loves to give gifts and thinks about what would give you pleasure. So that's the the genuine gift giver. That's like the the Leslie Nope of Parks and Rec. She gives like perfect yeah. presents to their her friends that are very well thought out and like <laughs> crafted and. Basically, yeah. it's a mythical being. It is a mythical being. Actually, you know what? Uh, a friend of mine, he he gives like the most sort of like thoughtful gifts. Aww. And I'm always like, and it's like, it can be really expensive or it can be something that's yeah. like costing 10 bucks or something like yeah. that. Yeah. And every time it hits my, it pulls on my heartstrings. The same oh. And I'm always just like, I buy you this jacket. <laughs> um, number two is the status hound. This is the costly gift as mm-hmm. a self a show mm-hmm. of money or power or perhaps both in this case the gift has nothing to do with the recipient but everything to do with the giver i can imagine this is a big one during christmas because christmas you're opening presents in front of other people yeah. and so this is probably that that guy probably thrives during this time um ooh, number three the wolf in sheep's clothing mm. This is the giver who likes to be thought of as a wonderful gift giver with a perfectly wrapped gift, but his or her his or her spirit is no more genuine than the status hound in the end. Oh, I might fit into that one. That might be. <laughs> 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 everyone. Oh, that's what the pow- I'm trying to figure. I haven't read them all, so I haven't decided okay. what I am. Um, number four, the power player, perhaps the worst kind of gift giver. <laughs> <laughs> one who really knows how to manipulate the symbolic nature of a gift these people are the are the likeliest to hurt or disappoint us especially oh. at holidays because they understand how gifts can cause pain Ooh. i mean yeah i guess we were kind Consciously of talking about like uncomfortably yeah they choose gifts that do exactly that yeah you can definitely turn a um, you know a present into a weapon or a, a an object of condescension yeah definitely and actually, I didn't read through this whole article. It's on psychology uh, dot psychologytoday.com, so I can link it in the bio. Okay. But it's, uh, yeah, it kind of goes through all that kind of stuff where it's like each one of these is broken down a little more thoroughly. And it just talks about like, yeah, like sometimes like you can weaponize a gift by being like, hey. <laughs> like, so, okay. And number five, uh, the complainer is the final one. Yes, it's not just that you have to appreciate the gift the complainer gives you. You have to listen endlessly to the truth. Oh. <laughs> yeah, I know this. The tri- yeah, the trivials and the inconveniences uh, he or she has experienced this holiday <laughs> season, especially That's during literally the, the entire country of Britain. <laughs> Luckily, the complainer <laughs> is easy to spot and more of a nuisance than anything else. I might be the complainer. 
I don't know. I don't know about that. I would like if I'm being if I'm being like kind to myself, I yeah. would combine myself with um the genuine gift giver and the complainer. Right. Because I want to give you a good gift and I hope you like it. But most times I kind of just want to get it and get it over with. It's like tell right. me what you like so I can go and get it and then Well, you're you also a born storyteller, so you want to be able to the gift can't just be its own thing. Sometimes I do like to talk about the experience. About and it's funnier if it's gone horribly, horribly wrong. My mother actually has is famous for, and it's so funny, um, telling you how she acquired the gift for cheaper than <laughs> yes. she. Yes. Like, she'll be like, she'll like, I was at the bay and they were having 20, they were having bay days. And then I got <laughs> to the till and the guy at the till, you guessed it, had a 20% off scratching gift card. So I scratched it. I got the full 20. <laughs> and then I signed it for a credit card. I got 15 more dollars. It's actually like, she's not complaining. She's like no. telling you this, like, and you're kind of like, it always makes me laugh because everything she buys, she's always just like, so I walk into the store. <laughs> It's everything's full price. I talk to the guy. He tells me a secret. I knock on a coat at the back. So <laughs> <laughs> he's like, oh my God. Okay. That's amazing. So yeah, that's, I mean, holy smokes, that was a, just sort of a roller coaster ride of psychology. But um, <laughs> it's a lot going a into lot. shopping. It, there was a lot. There, it felt like there was so much stuff that I was talking, like, I was like, how do I narrow some of this down? Right. Well, so, I kind of have the same situation with the history story of, of uh, today. It's maybe a less of a history story, um, but it is the story of a, uh, um, a store often mm-hmm. associated with Christmas, the Hudson Bay Company. So this mm-hmm. is mostly in Canada, but I think they do have stores apparently, well, probably not anymore, but in uh, Europe and in America. And it all started... With our best Canadian buddies, the Beavers. Woo! Woo! And the fact that they make fine hats. They like, do make a fine hat. Their body, not, a... not them. They're not chewing it out. That'd yeah, no, we cute. kill them and then yeah. they keep us warm. Exactly. Um, so this was very much in fashion, sort of in the 1600s, was to have those kind of tall beaver hat pelts. or, And they were, like, I, I guess they're very good for weatherproofing. Because oh yeah, I guess because their fur would be like good at weatherproof. Yeah, yeah. Keep it yeah. Um, and a lot of this stuff I kind of got from a book that came out this year called Bush Runner, and it's all about uh, Pierre Esprit Radisson, the same name as the hotel chain. He did not create the hotel chain. The hotel chain is named after him because he was a <laughs> fucking mess. Um, the hotel it, chain was named after what? This French fur trader. Um, okay. He had a crazy life. I would recommend reading Bushrunner. He started off uh, trading uh, beaver pelts in Canada, and then he ended up in the French court, in English court. Yeah, he's kind of, I think he had like three different wives. <laughs> Anyways, he's kind of a mess, but it's very interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, so Radisson and his partner, uh, Dick Grossier, I, that's how I'm pronouncing it. I don't know if that's right. Um, they had spent a lot of time in Canada, in this sort of area around New France, so kind of Quebec, uh, trading with the indigenous for furs, and they were making a mint. <laughs> like, it was so much money. So they tried to sell this idea to France to set up a company to 
do fur trading. But France was like, no. So then they were like, well, okay, we'll just be traders and go hang out at, uh, at w- with the uh, English. And right. so they suggested this. And one of the other big deals was that um, if you look at a map of Canada and you see that big, huge lake-like ocean thing, the Hudson's Bay, yep. um, they wanted to find a way to get into the Hudson's Bay and get into the interior of the continent rather than going like where you kind of hit like Newfoundland or whatever or New York and then you have to like get into the continent. Right. Remember, no trains, no cars, no segways <laughs> back in those days. So they want they needed a water route. They I'm just like picturing someone on a segway like trading <laughs> beaver pelts. <laughs> Like you're like, like I can't figure out what's the douche here, the beaver hat or the Segway. <laughs> oh my god, that, I would pay so much money to see that. <laughs> um, so also going on at this time, so investing was a very new phenomenon in the uh, 1600s because the Catholic Church banned charging interest on debts. So this is why, which I always I didn't know this growing up, but like that's why a lot of um people that like the Jewish people are related to um banking is because the Jewish tradition you are allowed to charge interest on debt so they could actually give out loans whereas people that were in the Catholic Church were not able to so yeah so uh also the nobility they were socially barred from having jobs because you know (laughs) they're noble and they have like usually they'd have to have land right and a lot of the time that land would be providing an income for them right but because as, they'd be, yeah. like because it's you know farming or whatever but as we all know that's probably not making them a ton of money and also nobles they seem to spend a lot of money um <laughs> but investing or organizing a company kind of gave them a bit of a loophole so that they could make a make some make some cash make some sweet cheddar yeah prince rupert of the rhine or he's also known as Duke of Cumberland. He was the great grandson of Queen of Scots and the grandson of James the First. He's actually what Rupert's Land is named after, which is the Hudson Bay drainage basin area. We don't call it that anymore. Also, Prince <laughs> Rupert in BC. Which... I love flawless transition name from Rupertsville to the drainage whatever facility. <laughs> area. Uh, to <laughs> Prince Rupert. Uh, seamless. Uh, um, it like flows off the old tongue. They're like, I don't, you know, like, I want to be at the marketing pitch for the renaming of the town. You know what? Rupertsville. I don't know. It's hard. Some people can't say there are. How about yeah. the drainage masonry? That's so much better. Uh, speaking of names, he actually had originally invested in the Company of Royal Adventurers of Ooh. England, trading into Africa. Really just rolls off the tongue. Like, it's got really good marketing. Uh, buzzwords in there. One of those focus meetings we talked about uh-huh, earlier. Uh-huh. So this gentleman adventurers thing kind of meant that it wasn't that they were going on adventures, it was that their money was going on an adventure. <laughs> <laughs> really? Yeah, so they were taking a risk thus oh their adventures. Anyways, these are the people they were. this business was doing um, was doing business with sub-Saharan African chiefs largely sorry largely for goods uh so things like ivory copper and pepper but of course during this time also slave trade right so 
I mean, you can claim you're just asking for some ivory tusks, but let's be honest, probably there's other things you were doing in there as well. Um, but this all fell apart in the 60s, 70s. So here comes, you know, Radisson with his idea about setting a, a company in Canada to take advantage of this beaver pelt surge or whatever you want to call it. <laughs> beaver pelt phenomenon. Yeah. And because uh, he had connections with the court of England, because he was the cousin to Charles II, Charles II actually gave him a, a charter to create this corporate entity in 1670, thus starting the Hudson's Bay. Ooh. Mm-hmm. But it was actually, this is what it's called. Again, ace names here. The Governor and Company of Adventurers of England trading into Hudson's Bay. <laughs> so, yeah. Uh, so they shortened it to, you know, Hudson's Bay or HBC. Um, and Just this chart. Char- not trying to step on any egos. He's like, listen, I loved the name before. And I'm yeah. not saying it wasn't working. What I'm saying is. <laughs> you can't have a comma in the middle of a name. <laughs> <laughs> Mm. so this charter stated that this gave these uh investors um true and absolute lords and proprietors of rupert's land so this was the area of um like basically what's like half of canada and parts of north and south dakota anything that drained into the hudson bay that was basically kind of connected that was rupert's land So it's 3.8 million kilometers, or today it's 40% of Canada. He was like, hey, here, (laughs) just take it. And for him, it was a big thing because there was um, France was involved. Sorry, I keep hitting things. Um, I'm talking with my hands a lot. Um, I was going to say, the perils of recording (laughs) intercourse. We should name this episode with comma. (laughs) (laughs) Into the. Um, France was also there. I mean, obviously they're getting in on the fur trade here. So they kind of, they had to create this commercial venture and play it off as like, this has nothing to do with the the English or the government. We're just like a business doing business. So the France can't be like, um, excuse me, we're dealing here and you're not what's happening. You know, obviously this all goes a little bit awry also because guess what somebody actually did own that land wasn't the french definitely fucking wasn't charles the second it was not (laughs) no uh (laughs) it was it was uh they're handing over indigenous lands illegally to a corporation now i say that like oh my god but also that probably happened like last week anyways so with other things it's it's incredible i'm actually yeah i'm just and it's like an incredible amount of land Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. like it's so much and it's so that's so like <laughs> that's how ignorant like you know oh. uh settlers were to like come into a place and they're just like well i'm gonna call it and i think you're gonna like this one rupert's land yeah <laughs> and they're like dude what about the other people that live here and he's like yeah they're rupert's landians now <laughs> And the thing is, uh, like, one of the things that really um, captures this time is, is in Bushrunner is um, they talk about all the tribes that are in there. And 
in this area. I mean, this is a huge area. So there are a ton of different uh, indigenous lands and territories. And so there's conflict there already. And then you're basically just being like, all you're out in this company yeah. basically has a monopoly on the fur trade. So, yeah, crazy. So <laughs> this keeps going point. on. Lots of warring, you know, yeah. because not everyone's happy that they just decided to take a monopoly over the fur trade and over our poor beaver friends. I was just going to say, can you imagine the beavers being like, hey, remember when these assholes didn't live here? Seems like we sure got skinned less. Yeah, that was fun. I remember. And uh, speaking of beavers, the first yes. currency, but I think it's the first currency in Canada, but I don't know if that's true, um, is the equivalent of a adult beaver pelt named they would call it a made beaver or an mb so this is okay. a standard unit of exchange so one mb was one prime quality adult beaver pelt so from 1670 to 1810 this was standard currency throughout the company empire so it was equivalent to like three quarters of a pound of colored beads or 20 fish hooks or two combs. Um, oh. Yeah. <laughs> if you paid 10 to 12 MBs, so that's 10 to 12 beaver pelts, you could get a gun. Uh, if you paid six, you could get a blanket. So um, this is actually, do you, you know the famous um, Hudson's Bay blanket? The white yes, blanket that has like the four stripes on color. it yeah exactly yeah. and it's it's a woolen blanket and actually works very very well in canada which is very cold and at one point during the 1700s this point blanket made up 60 percent of trade with indigenous people so they were giving over beer, beaver pelts for these woolen blankets which also sometimes had smallpox on them yep <laughs> okay i'm just double checking <laughs> Hey, Bay, you're doing. I don't. I like. I don't know if that's specifically from the Bay, but woolen blankets were a huge carrier of, of yeah, disease and illness. Nice. Um. So yeah, and then they, of course, at the same time, they're fighting with the French, and then all the other indigenous cultures. This had a huge effect on them because a lot of the times, because this was so profitable, they were abandoning their their lifestyles and their own economy. And moving out of their territories in search of beavers. So, Holy shit. Yeah, not a great time. Eventually, as we now know, felt hats, not, not a big thing anymore. No. <laughs> I mean, jokingly so. Yeah, apparently it was one of the reasons, well, that we don't wear hats anymore is because of cars. Because it's too hard to get into a car with a fancy hat. Oh. Yeah, so... I have a little backtrack for you. I just looked mm. up online, just like from hudsonsbay.com. Mm -hmm. I wanted to see how much the blanket was to purchase today. Right. $450. What? I wonder how many it's... beaver pelts that is. <laughs> 7,000 beaver pelts. <laughs> oh, God. That's a lot of money. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> I was trying to see if I could figure out how many pounds it would have gone for, but they don't have that. It don't, they don't have it in money because there was yeah. no money back then. <laughs> No, it was, <laughs> yeah. I mean, I guess, but that's what really what money is. If you think about it, I mean, oh. like how many dollars would buy you a comb right now? Yeah. You know? 
Yeah. Like, I guess, I don't know. You could, I guess combs are 10 bucks. So $10. Yeah. So, so it's like, so six, six, six D it was six D back then. Six D. Yeah. Six beaver pelts. So you're like, okay. So you had to kill, you had to kill and skin six beavers. Yeah. To to brush your own dang hair. And that was a mummy and a daddy, probably to somebody, somebody's brother. Hopefully, just took the whole family. Otherwise, you complicate Christmas for that beaver family. (laughs) You think COVID (laughs) Christmas was bad? Yeah. yeah. Um. So eventually, yeah, we're not doing, we're not trading in (laughs) beaver belts. Just in case anybody else was wondering in Canada if that's still what our currency is. Just you could tell an American that they'd be like, (laughs) yeah. I mean, that's how we buy our alcohol, but that's that's a different system. How do you fellas buy your whiskey up there? Oh, one beaver pelt for a full fucking bin of rye, I tell you. <laughs> They'd be like, oh my God, that's crazy. Yeah. <laughs> oh, you have a weird country. Oh Ours is God, weird. So yeah, so cold up there, huh? <laughs> um, so eventually then, like, this is around the time too, like, gold rushes are happening, Western expansion is happening. So people are actually ending up with money, well, gold. And especially people in the middle class are now able to buy things and they don't want to make it themselves. That's generally what we would have done for gift giving for Christmas. We would have made a nice candle or like done some (laughs) toy out of wood. But now because of this and the Industrial Revolution, we can just go to a store. So Hudson's Bay was like, all right, well, I guess we're not killing beavers anymore. (laughs) <laughs> and indigenous people and the French. Yeah. So they uh, started turning these former trading forts into stores. And here's interesting, which I did not know. In 1912, they went through a modernization program. <laughs> and there's the original six stores. So Calgary, Edmonton, Vancouver, Victoria, Saskatchewan, and Winnipeg. Really? Not in Ontario. That blows my mind. I know. I will tell you this from the um, uh, elevator escalator point of view. Oh. Um, I have fixed a lot of escalators and elevators in the mm-hmm. Bay stores, and they are very old. Well, yeah, because like, apparently they started in 1912. <laughs> Some of the oldest escalators I've ever seen are um, are in the old Bay stores, like really? dangerously so. Oh. <laughs> yeah. Well, they're just like really old and sort of been grandfathered through the the code program system and stuff. Yeah, and they are like, and those Bay stores are like uh, one of the first things that was were built in a lot of these cities, like certainly in right. Calgary and Saskatoon and places like that. Like to have a Bay store from that long ago, it would have been one of the first things downtown. Right. Yeah. Um, I like to, I don't know if we've mentioned this before, that you told me a long time ago that elevators are totally safe and escalators when you're supposed to be afraid of. <laughs> escalators are scary. <laughs> <laughs> That's usually what I worked on too was escalators because yeah. they were, um, they're more of a pain in the ass to get into. Right. And also um, they're hard on the knees. So a lot of the older guys don't like working on them. Oh, okay. And you truly have to take the steps out and crawl into them. Yeah, and that's where those people that were on the X Files they live under there, <laughs> right? Yeah, it's a little right. Yeah, sure. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Keep going. There's like a cave back there. 
Um, there's um it's definitely uh it's an intriguing place to be inside it's definitely very um especially with an old building probably got (laughs) dead beavers in there well you know what's in there hair Mm. human hair honestly oh god that's really what's in there because it's like oh people you don't realize how much hair you shed so when you clean those down you could just make a whole fucking make it a hat you could be making a new 100 percent you oh my can God, start selling extensions that's big right now Brittany. get back into elevators get back into elevators get that <laughs> hair out of that escalators yeah. i'm like it's from like 50 million different people they're like oh yeah we're going for like a one kind of <laughs> from like one a solid color yeah, yeah. Like a solid color looks like we got an aubrey over here they're like you've just tied two people different <laughs> now yeah they're gross they're pretty yeah. gross but yeah very old those stores yeah and they are one of the oldest companies in the world. Um, wow. Yeah. And their original headquarters were, of course, in, in London, England, for the <laughs> Gentleman Adventurers. Uh, it's now in right. Brampton, Ontario. So apparently Ontario did get some stores eventually. Uh, <laughs> it was later owned by an American hedge fund who then, I believe this is how it works. I'm sort of a little bit confused. But then they, they also went on to own Lord & Taylor, which is now closed. <laughs> And Saks Fifth Avenue, which I believe is still oh, open wow. at the moment. Um, but as of February 2020, Hudson's Bay Company is a private company. They no longer trade on the stock exchange. And they're selling many of their assets and closing their stores. Because a lot of the times they actually own the land of the stores. Right. So, I mean, that's you know, half you know, that's prime downtown. Well, it's, yeah, prime downtown real estate. And also yeah. just, like, sort of the brick-and-mortar places are kind of going under because there's yep. the, the, hey, man, they're saying it's kind of a catchphrase right now on the old interwebs. But mm. honestly, buy local or buy local because yeah. it's, like, it's it's truly, I mean, I don't know how local uh, the Hudson's Bay is anymore. I'm pretty sure the Americans own it. but Yeah. Um, yeah. And, uh, I mean, like, you're bringing in stuff, like, a lot of their, their, you know, it's not their stuff anymore a lot of the time, right? It's, no you know they just have a it's it's a department store so it's going to be you know all your different kinds of brands and all of that stuff i mean it it was i think a very nice idea for like when it kind of the department store started because you can just go to one store and you can literally do all your christmas shopping in it yeah it is it's and it's uh the department store is like i mean it's kind of like i don't know if it's going by the wayside but it does uh, feels, feels feels like it is yeah 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 so, so yeah, that's uh, my little little hey. history story of how Little Beaver turned into <laughs> one of the oldest companies in the whole world. In the whole world. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know what? That was very enjoyable. Thank you, Carla. I love a little Canadiana. Yeah. I mean, little, it's very it's... British. Like, it's more British than I actually knew about. And you know what? It makes I love me feel- how I just hear it in my own head where I'm like, all Canada. All Canada. <laughs> but I think like the investing of just like a bunch of men that wanted to make money, probably to support their gambling and I don't know, snuff habits. What did you do back in the 17th, 17th century? <laughs> so what did you spend your money on? <laughs> <laughs> that's where, this, that's the origins of this. So yeah. Well, you have... Um, Oh, yeah, I was supposed to do a little news story here. Yeah. Well, I have a little news story for you. Perfect. This is kind of off the old beaten trail, actually. Oh. I I can't find it on any sort of, no news site covered it, but there's a couple of things that are like, you know, like, 
called like urban events and Calgary events and like whatever, like in on Instagram, you can always like just type in the hashtag Calgary and it'll come up. And then there's like, you know, like one website sort of covers like things going on in the city or sorry, right. one handle covers all these things. Well, the other day I'm going through my Instagram and up pops on Cal- Calgary events. So it's like at Calgary events on Instagram and at the cross iron mall, uh-huh. like, 30 or 40 people came in dressed in all white suits like painter suits you know like um like the throwaway coveralls kind of oh, yeah yeah and uh the anonymous masks uh-uh. and they were walking through the mall <laughs> handing out pamphlets and to all the patrons of the cross irons mills <laughs> And announcing on loudspeakers, you're all going to die today. Oh, my God. You're all going to die today. And I searched for it everywhere to see if any news outlet covered it. But I honestly think they're just trying to be like, whatever, like, go away. Right. Um, But, yeah, it was a big deal. There was, like, kids crying in the background. You should look it up. So, like, Actually, the first thing when I look up. Uh, when you look up cross iron mills, is now white suits <laughs> has maps. Is it actually? Yeah. Uh, oh, did it come through, up? It's through Reddit though. So. Oh, through Reddit. Yeah. See, Reddit would would cover it, but um, mm. I can't find it on any like mainstream news. Well, they're busy <laughs> covering the COVID. <laughs> uh, yeah. oh, well, this is pretty crazy. It honestly seems to me like I don't even know if they're associated with the. I don't even. know think they're associated with the anonymous group right they're just wearing like the blank white mask which typically the anonymous group wears the guy forks mask to yeah not? yeah yeah so they're these guys are in white uh like painter suits and they're just walking through the mall and they're handing out pamphlets and announcing over like a bose speaker that one of them's carrying mm. and they're like i don't know if it's a cult or like a mm some sort of odd group but it's so funny like it's like they they also weren't that well organized like they're kind of just walking (laughs) through the mall and they're just going you're all gonna die you're all gonna die today and they're handing out pamphlets saying like don't follow your government they'll lead you to death that is correct don't follow the alberta government at the moment well do follow now follow it but like now three weeks ago don't follow it they were saying (laughs) but it is insane i was watching it and so i tried yeah there was a a, this was the uh, most shopping news story i could find it was right in the outlet mall yeah and but the funny thing is is like if you go to the comment section Everyone's just like, frig off, bud. We're trying to get our shop and done during a goddamn <laughs> pandemic. It's like the most Canadian responses yeah. I've ever seen in my life. Like, like, none hey, of them are like, oh. Well, there's like, there like one guy who's like, these fellas marching through here. My goddamn toddler was crying. <laughs> <laughs> at least they were wearing a mask. Like, nope. Yeah, that's what I thought. I was like, at least they were masks. I don't even know. Very interesting. Well, Carla, it is that time of the podcast where we move on to the reason we're all here. Yes. The coo- the 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 coos. I meant to say booze. <laughs> coos. Uh-huh. <laughs> I the cocktail and booze at the same time and yep. I came up with it. That's all a good about name. The I like it. Baby. I like the coos. Yeah. Um so we're doing uh you picked the uh, moose milk this uh this yeah. holiday season, this I'd, holiday episode. I tell didn't... us all about it. Um I just for some reason it came up as I must have been looking into something about Canadian military or something for research. 
And it kind of came up as a, a drink that originated with the Canadian military, I believe, in World War One, World War Two, World War Two. And I was like, that's a weird thing. And also, I just really like the name and it seemed very Christmassy. So, yeah. Well, it came. Uh, <laughs> there's a very long history on it. Yeah. Um, yeah, I will. Uh, I will tell you this. It is the. It is a. It is a tradition of the Canadian military. So they kind of argue back and forth whether it was the Air Force or the Navy or the. Everybody seems to do it. But on right. New Year's Day, they drink moose milk. It says the Air Force may claim that during World War II, a commanding officer ordered a flight sergeant to craft a beverage for the female guests at a function they were at that wasn't beer or whiskey. Like they were trying to find something that they could have the girls there and it would be suitable for the women. There was no version. Um, Yeah, so they had nothing there. So they came up with uh, what they called moose milk. And in moose milk goes... Here we go. It's a long list. (laughs) A shot of rum. A shot of vodka. A shot of Kahlua. A uh, a vanilla ice cream. A couple of scoops of vanilla ice cream. A couple of uh, three uh, shots of uh, heavy cream. And then you can also put coffee in it. (laughs) But this does very much feel like just dump everything that we own. Or that we can find from the back into a bowl, and <laughs> it literally like, was ice cream. And and the uh, somebody had come up. I guess one of the one of the higher ups in the in the um, air force came up and asked what's what's in there. And he said, "Oh, that's that's just a little moose milk." <laughs> it is. It is the. I mean, I have to say, all Canadians we do very well when we go abroad and just lie to uh, yeah. other people and and propagate the stereotypes. Oh, totally! It's, oh, that just that right there, just a little bit of moose milk. Yeah. So, um, it, it was. <laughs> a, so there's so many varying recipes because it it is the entire like military that uh, does it. Like everybody right. does it. So everybody has a little bit of a different versions. They also make it in vats. So every <laughs> recipe I could find was just like a gallon of ice yes. cream. Yes, I because one was like coffee. it makes. Three, 36 servings because I was like I'm not putting a gallon I don't even have a gallon of ice cream <laughs> and then I was like oh this is it goes in like a um, like a punch bowl right yeah so that's and then it's it's literally like some some versions uh, have eggnog as well in there mm-hmm. so the version that I chose to make I actually found on uh it's called booze on the rocks it's a wonderful little uh, video cast on YouTube yeah. And uh, the gentleman there kind of brought it down to like a single serving thing so that you could make single servings. Right. So he, he said to do this. Like I said, one shot of vodka, one shot of rum, one shot of Kahlua in place of the coffee. Right. Because to put the coffee <laughs> in just a one serving is too much. Yeah. Uh, and we, I think, talked about before that Kahlua actually has more caffeine than coffee. So you probably don't need the coffee. You don't need the coffee. And then also uh, a couple of scoops of uh, vanilla so- uh, ice cream. Put it all in a blender. And a couple of shot, three shots of heavy cream. You throw it in there and mix it all up in the blender. And then pour it into a glass. And then a little bit of nutmeg and a little bit of chocolate shavings on the top of it. It's very good. 
it is very good and it doesn't it, i mean that first sip it tastes a little boozy and then yeah. you're just like boy i yeah. don't know <laughs> yeah because it's like it's just like a drunken milkshake where you're like this is, i'm a kid and then you're like oh okay hold on <laughs> i'm a drunk kid <laughs> <laughs> so we thought that was a fun uh we felt that was a fun drink to sort of pair yeah. uh with uh the the shopping adventures the bay the canadian heritage we thought uh, the moose milk would be a little fun to tie mm-hmm. in there. so make your own make some moose milk up at your own uh holiday function yeah i wonder how yeah. it keeps though for no yeah i mean make it and then serve it don't yeah. not... don't make don't not... make it and then store it on the counter at room i know i feel like as a punch it's not gonna work as well but who knows people put eggnog in punches punch yeah. put no they <laughs> Sorry, mm-hmm. people put eggnog in punch bowls, so... Okay. I don't know. I mean, I only know that from Christmas Vacation. I don't know if that really happens in real life. <laughs> um, <laughs> that is real life. I, uh, it is. We, I watched that now for the second time uh, this season and laughed just to start. I've seen it probably 338,000 times. Yeah. I haven't seen it. I think we skip it every year, just like every other year. So <laughs> Just to keep it fresh? Yeah. And so I haven't watched it because, spoiler alert, we're doing it next week. Um yeah. So I'm waiting till this weekend to do it. So I'm very excited. Awesome. Well, do you have any, uh, do you have any uh, fun facts for us? I do. Um, We talked about sort of shopping habits and things that they can do to manipulate you into buying things. One Mm. thing that's now going to have a a dying, that's going to kind of be dying out, but uh, music in stores plays a big role in shopping habits. So slower music actually will influence the shopper to move more slower, thus potentially buy more whereas faster music will they'll cause it to them to speed through the store and not buy as much so next time you're in a store and you know 2024 yeah listen to see what's happening um okay now here's a christmas tradition that i got when i was in the uk the john lewis christmas advert oh boy so i'm gonna post just a couple of these up uh in the notes so go watch them. Uh, <laughs> make sure you have a lot of tissues. Yeah, they're so endearing. Yes, right. They're sort of they just pull on your heartstrings, which is like it's very. Carla sent three of them to me today, so I watched all three, <laughs> and each one I just was like, oh, I, I'm not in a good space right now. I know I should have warned you, but. I wanted to be a surprise because I thought maybe I was being crazy. No, I, I know that makes people cry. No, they're very sad. They're you know what? They're not sad. They're like so heartwarming and beautiful that you're like the love is real. Yes, love is real. <laughs> so John Lewis is a upscale department store in the UK. So they, um, I don't know. They would be equivalent to like oh, the Bay or Sears. The Bay or... Or... No, like higher than Sears. Oh, like, uh, like, uh, what's it yeah, called? like si- si- Simon's or, uh, no, like what's oh, like Holt Renfrew. Yeah. Okay. Like I've never bought anything at John's, but I love <laughs> their ads. So starting in 2007, they actually started producing these annual Christmas adverts. Generally they feature a cover song sung by a current pop singer. So Lily Allen's done it, Ellie Golding, Tom O'Dell. Um, and I, they've actually... Uh, had at least two number ones in the charts from just these ads. Oh, uh, wow. Yeah, and they make you sob cry. <laughs> <laughs> no, they're so cute. Which is 
fine if you just watch like you're in Canada and you just check out a YouTube video and you're ready for crying. When you're just like trying to watch TV in the UK and it just keeps coming up and you're just having a mental <laughs> breakdown every time. It's, I don't I don't know what they're trying to do there, but they're confusing me. Um, they often team up with charities to give a portion of the funds for like soft toys because lots of times they'll have animals and stuff in it or from the music sales. But they cost between one million and six million to make. Oh my god! Yeah, so this is a huge investment that they do. I mean, like they did one where they had like a man on the moon. Uh, they did one with um, a bear and a hare, which was like a two D animation. One year they did just one just with Elton John uh, right. for the whole thing. So, anyways, that's kind of a it, it. It's quite interesting how much these department stores have an influence on Christmas. One hundred percent. Uh, and even now, like, even this sort of 2007, I mean, does it make me want to buy a John Lewis? Yes. Will I go into the store? Yes. Will I actually no. be able to afford 400 pound in GBP pounds of a <laughs> throw pillow? No. I don't Probably have that money. not. I don't have it. They'll arrest me on the spot. But the marketing is there. Yeah. And it's become, like, a tradition for me to watch these and sob. And it's a tradition, mostly in Britain, for everyone to just uh, <laughs> cynically be like, oh, they're just trying to make you know money and da-da-da-da-da. So um, <laughs> it's both loved and hated, as, as it should be. Um, as it should. <laughs> the other thing is department store Christmas window displays. Does anybody remember these? Yes. <laughs> Back in the day? Window displays, especially, like, I don't know if it's so... It would be more in downtown. You're not really going to get it at, like, an outlet mall, maybe. They still have their their window displays, but this was a big marketing thing for getting people to come into the stores because generally they were aimed at children. And so, you know, then they're going to drag their parents into these stores. So a lot of it started in 1874 at Macy's and they claim oh. to have $10,000 worth of dolls in their Christmas oh display. Oh, my God. Yeah. Which sounds I always think about me. the one from uh, Home Alone. Oh, yeah. Yeah, like the the big toy store yeah. depart, depart, yeah. department's toy store things, yeah. Well, it's all very magical, and, and somebody was sort of talking about this, uh, this 1874, like, we don't have, like, a like not every house has lighting or anything, so these would have been all lit up and sort of magical, right? And it has that kind of lovely golden glow to it. Um, and then they would have, with a lot of these ones, so like the Macy's one for a bit, they would have, every year would be a different scene. So they'd have like doll croquet party or colonial dolls going for an outing. I really would like to find pictures of this. It sounds creepy as fuck. Um, <laughs> and then in 1938 in New York, Lord and Taylor, which we should mention during uh, the whole Hudson Bay thing, they were the first to have an animated display. So a lot of them now, like, have, you know, trains going through it or um, yeah. Santa falling into a chimney or something funny or whatever. So, yeah. Huge oh part, but kind of dying out, I guess, again. A little bit, yeah. Well, that's pretty... Are those your facts, Carl? Those are my facts. Those are written... It's been another fun Christmas. I it's Christmas. I hate to b be punny, but uh -huh. it's truly the gift that keeps on giving, Carla. <laughs> it does. 
Uh, and we're very grateful that you listen. And we hope you continue to listen. We uh, we do this every Thursday. We have a new episode. Uh, the podcast is obviously available on Spotify, iTunes, anywhere you can get your podcast. Um, we also, we've set up a Patreon. <laughs> I mention it every episode. <laughs> and I feel bad for doing it. But you know what? Um, it is incredibly helpful to the success of the podcast. So if you uh, if you want a few little extra, a few little bonuses, please go to uh, www.patreon.com slash lifepairingspodcast, or you can just Google it, or you can go to our website at www.lifepairingspodcast.com and hit the Patreon button in the right-hand top corner, and it will take you to all our little bonus features. Um, and you can join at any level. I believe there's a $5 level, a $15 level and a $20 level. So, um, it's all very helpful. And we are, yeah. uh, we are in the season of giving. We are truly grateful <laughs> for all that you have given us yes. uh, with your listenership and, uh, your kindness and your kind messages. So, uh, thank you for listening and we can't wait to see you uh, next week. And next week, if you want to prepare for the episode. Uh, watch yes. Christmas Vacation, the National oh, yeah. Christmas Vacation. Watch this. Yes, we're doing it. We have a special guest. Uh, we're it's our favorite Christmas movie, yeah. and uh, so if you watch it ahead of time, it's going to be uh, so much more fun to talk about. Yeah, yeah. Yay. All right. Thanks, guys. Bye.